SRN News, I'm John Scott. Political reporter Selena Zito with the Washington Examiner believes President Biden's decision to visit Ukraine may cause some hurt feelings for those still reeling from a major domestic disaster. The train derailment at East Palestine, Ohio. I think it's brokenhearted, hurt, angry, um, uh, you know, that he made the decision to go there and they have been waiting for someone, anyone with authority and gravitas to show up and tell them, we care, we hear you. Selena Zito with the Washington Examiner interviewed on the Hugh Hewitt Show on the Salem Radio Network. Three people have been killed, 213 injured in a new magnitude 6.4 earthquake that has struck Turkey and Syria just two weeks after a massive quake killed 45,000 people. This is SRN News. Your AM 1160 weather forecast. Partly cloudy, breezy weather continuing tonight with a low of 26. Sun mixing with clouds Tuesday. High tomorrow, 39. Then very cloudy and increasingly windy Wednesday. Little rain in the morning, rain and sleet in the afternoon. High, 38. I'm Holly Holdren on AM 1160. Hope for your life. Hope for your family. Hope for your marriage. Hope for for your life, AM 1160, online at 1160hope.com. In those days, 10 men from all the nations will take hold of the garment of a Jew and say, we want to go with you, for we know that God is with you. Join Messianic Jewish evangelist Rabbi Kurt Schneider as he shares authentic teaching from the Old and New Testaments, unfolding revelation today for your brighter tomorrow on Discovering the Jewish Jesus. Weekday mornings at 9 on AM 1160, Hope for Your Life. At Fox Valley Buick GMC, we know what moves you. It's respecting your needs and earning your trust. It's a fair and honest price where what you see is what you pay. And it's creating jobs and supporting our community. Experience why we won the Torch Award for Marketplace Ethics. Purchase a 2023 GMC Acadia SLE with 3250 off MSRP or a lease for $359 per month. And we want your vehicle. We'll pay top dollar even if you don't buy from us. Visit Fox Valley Buick GMC of St. Charles or shop online 24-7 at foxvalleybuickgmc.com. Fox Valley Buick GMC in St. Charles. Prepare to be moved. Offers plus tax title license and doc fee to qualified buyers with approved credit on select models. Offer only for current Buick GMC lessees. $2,500 due at signing. Based on 10,000 miles per year. No security deposit required. See dealer for details. Expires 2 23 We are professional grade. I've been in show business my entire life. I know when someone's an actor or an actress. And I'd hear Balance of Nature being advertised, and I just thought, these are real people out there. And they seem to just be really telling the truth about this product that they love. So I started using Balance of Nature, and immediately I started seeing results. And I went, oh my gosh, this works. I literally called up the founder, and I said, I've never done this before in my life. I want to tell people about Balance of Nature. I want it to do for them what it's done for me. Join Kathy Lee Gifford and thousands of people worldwide on a journey to better health. Call 1-800-246-8751 or go to balanceofnature.com to get 35% off your first preferred order. That's 1-800-246-8751. Go to balanceofnature.com or call 1-800-246-8751 and get this special offer by using discount code KLG. 
Portions of the following show may be pre-recorded. AM 1160. Interesting feedback on the sermon that kicked off the Asbury Revival. And then, is the daddy-daughter dance weird? You're listening to The Common Good. Happy Monday, friends. Welcome to The Common Good here on AM 1160. Hope for your life. Alongside Aubrey Sampson, my name is Brian Fromm. So glad to have you with us today. Aubrey, let me be the first to say, happy President's Day. Happy President's Day to you, sir. Yes, most people top have off of the work. Morning. No, that was not the evening. This is not top Irish. President's Day to this you. This is a very much an American holiday. It's May President's, President's Day. May President's Day be with you. <laughs> I, I, I feel like there needs to be a catchphrase around President's Day. There needs to be gift giving from you to me, but may, it is not happening. May Washington smile upon you and Lincoln <laughs> wink at you today. Do you know why President's Day falls on today? Uh, Somebody's birthday. Washington's B-Day. Wow. I know things, Brian. Wow. Washington's birthday is a federal holiday celebrated on the third Monday of February in honor of George Washington, the first president. Increasingly, though, the holiday was also the occasion to celebrate Abraham Lincoln's birthday, which was February the 12th. Love so it. they came together and that. made it President's Day. Happy President's Eat some Day. some cake tonight for their, in honor of you're, the president. You're looking for yet another reason <laughs> to eat some always, cake. Always, always, always. Aubrey, one of the stories that continues to dominate the the church world, the Christian world, is this revival at Asbury, Asbury. College. You know what? So, can I tell you something funny? I this want is to like, hear it. Maybe like not the... I mean, I love my mom. I love her so much. But literally today, this afternoon, on the way to the studio, my mom called me. Have you heard about this revival in Asbury? I was like, yep, mom, I have. Yep, gotcha. I've heard about it. So I do think the question we pondered at the end of last week, who gets to call the end of it, has been a little bit answered. I don't know that it's not over, but it has become much more structured and the president of the college, I think, is doing a phenomenal job. And him and the leadership stepped in and said, we got to get these kids back to class. Yeah, yeah. we got to get them back yeah. to class. And we have too many people just showing up. They said it was actually hurting the community of like, you know, when you're in college and you're like these, like yeah. near the college. Yes. They've had so many visitors coming in that it Whoa. is actually uh, messed with some of the kids. It has made them uncomfortable wow. and all of this stuff. Wow. So they've become, they've started to really crack down on who can go to things. Mm-hmm. They're happening at much more structured times. So no one's saying like the revival is over, but right. it's, it is less uh, just kind of free flowing okay, right there's now. There's a little more organization around it now. There is. And it's got a lot of people talking about revivals. Yep. And what is actually going on here? I want to sh- read to you an unbelievable tweet uh, that I heard. Okay, you ready? Yes. This is about the sermon that kicked off the revival. On Wednesday, February the 8th, Zach Mirkrebs, a volunteer soccer coach who also helps run a ministry, he spoke to the student body. He gave, I don't know what improvised means, an improvised sermon about love. He talks about some of you have experienced radically poor love. Some of you have experienced that difficult love in the church. Maybe it's not violent it's not taken advantage of, but it feels like you, uh, like someone has pulled a fast one on you, he said. Then he said an invitation. 
that they said ignited a movement. He said, if you need to hear the voice of God, the Father in heaven will never love you that way. That is perfect in love, gentle and kind. You come up here and experience his love. Don't waste this opportunity. Wow. In a final kind of corny throwaway line, he said, I pray that this sits on you like an itchy sweater and you got to itch. You got to take care of it. So Mir Krebs then ended the sermon. And he told this person that he was certain that he had, quote, totally whiffed the sermon. Come on. He immediately got off stage and texted his wife. You ready for what he texted his yeah, wife? Yeah, I want to hear. Latest stinker, I'll be home soon. No. I don't know. You and I preach on a regular basis at our churches, or you'll do a lot of speaking at other places. Aubrey, I couldn't be more encouraged by this, that the I... guy thought he said he whiffed. It was a complete stinker. I'll be home soon to his wife. And one of the most impressive, important revivals in recent history broke out after his sermon. I was literally thinking that, how encouraging that is to hear. Because the amount of times you and I, any preacher, any public speaker goes, well, that was terrible. Nothing's going to, no one, yeah. nothing's going to come from that. And just to think like, he thought that was a stinker. He went in and improvised it, which I'm like, What? And yet, look at what the Spirit of God has done through, I mean, probably not just because of the sermon, but just through a willing vessel, like, look at what the Spirit of God ignited, which shows you it's really about God. That's right. And not about us at all. I mean, we've had not not moments of revival, but we've had moments in preaching where, like, you think, I killed it, like, nailed it, (laughs) and then there's crickets. And other times you're like... I was bored in my own head or that was the worst. I was fumbling over words and you get off stage and there's like a line of three people going that uh, you were speaking directly to, to me. You were it as, as if you knew what was going. And I'm like, it's like the worst sermon I ever gave. And I can't believe that, that you're saying this to me. And then, you know, to take to my pride, there've been times I'm like, Gosh, Billy Graham holds nothing into what I just did. Like, that was unbelievable. And people are like, see ya. Have a good day. Yeah, see ya. And you're like, out. somebody tell so me that that transformed your like life. It? Didn't you? Didn't you? Isn't it wild? I yeah. mean, again, I think it's really good and humbling for the pastor. I feel like, you know, Moses kind of saying, like, I can't do public speaking. Like, bro, it's not about you. Yes. I'm God. I'm the one at work here. And yes, like, you do the work. You do the stewardship. But ultimately... It's a movement of God That's that right. sparks a revival, not because of this guy's bad or even phenomenal sermon. That's right. And so uh, we've talked about this last week, but this revival at Asbury, it's not the first right. revival that's ever happened right. at Asbury. Uh, and so our producer, Laura, she found like a documentary that was made about the 1970 revival at Asbury. And some of it listening to it is so poignant to what we're going, well, not going through, what they're experiencing now. We wanted you to hear some of this. Hundreds of people from Kentucky, Indiana, and Michigan attended a testimony service on the campus of Asbury College in Wilmore. For months following the revival, hundreds of students eagerly visited various places out of the desire for more people to come to know Jesus like they were coming to know him. Dr. Kinlaw said it was almost like the more humble and nondescript a student was, the bigger the move of the Holy Spirit was in the college or the church that they went to. Isn't that interesting? It wasn't the really articulate students or people that were, or, you know, some, a couple of students would go out and say, this, something's happening at Asbury College and tell their simple story. And suddenly the Holy Spirit would move and everyone would move and want to come and get right with God. When we go to another place, we just ask God to be there. Um, 
and he was. He just, he miraculously made it spread. It wasn't anything that any person did. It wasn't good preaching or good singing. These two guys from Asbury walked in and said, can we share? And what they shared. And so, Aubrey, the the word that stuck out to me there was simplicity. Mm. The people who spoke gave a simple message. Mm. The people who spoke were not these charismatic people. This was what you hear underlying wow. was this was not of man. Yeah. This was of God. And that was 1970. Yeah. You and I lived uh, through the Wheaton College the, the couple years after. I started the year after the revival mm-hmm. at Wheaton College. But you even heard that then. Yep. This wasn't about who was speaking yep. or who was playing worship songs or whatever else. And that's what you're hearing in Asbury today, that this isn't about. Yeah. In fact, they're turning celebrities away. I actually really like hearing that, that several celebrities, we'll talk about this more later, but have tried to come and, and preach. And they're yep. like, no, we don't need you. We're good. And so what do we, what can we learn, even if there's not this kind of, quote unquote, revival that takes place mm-hmm. in our churches or in a college that you might be listening from right now or wherever else it could be? What is the takeaway about how God works and how God moves through his Holy Spirit? I mean, I you know, I think one of the takeaways and you never want to put God in a box like right. just because God is doing this now doesn't mean he's going to do the exact same thing in the future. God does what God wants to do. But I will say, like. There is, it does seem to be that there's something about the humility and the simplicity that God is blessing here and that we don't always have to have the best sermon, the best programming, the best worship team, the best, all those things we think are what makes a movement of God that actually like the spirit of God is going to move through humble students with, or humble preachers or humble musicians or humble word uh, without all this, like fanfare and with even I mean it kind of makes you like think about the term charisma like what does it really mean if we get down to like sort of that scriptural term of like it's a gift from the Holy Spirit it's not about being quote-unquote charismatic and charming yeah I mean it just kind of even some of this conversation we've been having a while about the mega church and the attractional church and the quote-unquote sexy church like what is God actually blessing? Where is God actually moving? Mm-hmm. I'm not saying he's not moving in those places, but look at what God did through simple humility. That's absolutely true. And so that should teach us something uh, in in our own churches, in our own colleges, parachurch, organ, whatever else it might be. There's something about confession. There's something about prayer. There's something about crying out to God. This is still a movement of God. Yeah. Any movement you see is still a movement of God. And uh, that's what we've learned again as this revival breaks out at Asbury College. Now you see things spreading to other colleges. Uh, It's going to be fascinating, Aubrey. There's going to be books and documentaries and all sorts of stuff. Don't you think it's going to be interesting to see how this, yeah, just as we keep following the story and the like ripple effect of it. Yeah, I hope it doesn't get annoying. I hope it doesn't get like kitschy and like people going, oh, I'm going to write this article, this blah, blah, blah. Like let let it be what it is. So that's, uh, wanted to update you on all that's going on at Asbury College and that the preacher thought he was a stinker. That's like the best word for all of us it right really there. Is. We need that. It's just, uh, he done even said it was, he said, another stinker. <laughs>
I'll be home soon. <laughs> that should go on his tombstone. Someday when that gentleman passes away, oh, man. it should just say that and then say dot, 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 launch the Asbury revival. <laughs> Brian, we've talked in this show. We've been talking for a while. In fact, it seems like the whole world is talking about the revival at Asbury. Mm-hmm. We mentioned earlier how there's some structure around it now. They have stepped in and kind of said, okay, if you're not from our school, you need to be off campus. Children, students, they're not really children. No, high school kids, they Uh, said. Yeah, but the college students are going to have to go back to class. Yes. This worship time can happen in the evening. And, and it feels necessary, right? Yeah. It feels like you and yeah. I joked last week about what is it that, that, that changes. But at some point, uh, at some point, spiritually speaking, the point of revival is now to go. Yeah, absolutely. Right? And, and it doesn't share just stay and spread. In here. Yeah. But also, it is still a college People need to go back to class. Right, they need to right. process this right. as a community. I read somewhere that, you know, some of the students were getting uncomfortable by the number of people on their campus who weren't a part of their college, mm, too. A lot of people yeah, have that's been a little weird. going down there, and you forget about those things. So all good what's been going yeah. on, but it feels appropriate that it's taking on a new, different feel. It does, and I think also to remember that, like, the spiritual life is active and well in the classroom, work in your home so although this is special and Mm -hmm. unique what Mm -hmm. the spirit of god is doing it doesn't mean things end simply because they leave that building there's probably some skeptics out there saying why would you stop the students it's not stopping them i do think it is just like moving them to the appropriate next step but you know there's some um there's been some critics out there of course there always are there's been some voices out there and i think it is always fair to look at something like this think about it critically but one of the things you and i have kind of talked about is how like maybe just don't say anything yet like let's get a little perspective let's see what happens and then we can begin doing our hot takes on the revival but lots of people for whatever i mean even it was funny i sent you something it's kind of ironic somebody posted on social media instead of posting about the revival pray about it there you go like you're posting about it right now well, uh, Megan Chan, she's actually been on our show before, maybe a oh. couple years ago. She's a little skeptical, and I want to share with you what she had to say, Brian, and, and let's unpack it a little bit. Is there any, um, is there any meaning to it? Is there any, any uh, weight to it? She says, revival. I'm not sure what's going on at Asbury. This is long, by the way, mm-hmm. but I'm going to share it with you. Mm-hmm. Um, I've heard good things, and I hope they're true. Many of us have some skepticism because we've had the church fail us. We've seen it align itself with dangerous, far-right ideology. We've had it harm us and those we love. And when we tried to say something, they told us and our questions or critiques were not welcome. It didn't seem Christ-like, and so many of us left. Many of us felt like we followed Christ right out the door. When you look at what revival actually means, the first definition means an improvement in the condition of something. And I can't help but wonder if the people who've deconstructed or critiqued the harmful actions of the church or the ones who pursued justice and were called woke or the people who sought God outside the four walls or the people who disentangle harmful politics or theology are actually the ones, quote, improving the condition of the church. If what they've actually done is revival again, I'm reading from Megan Chance here Mm -hmm. on Instagram. A few more thoughts. She says, biblically. The prophets came with critique, with cries of justice, with a call for repentance of the ways our actions have harmed others, missed the heart of God. Weren't they part of revival of a movement that improved the condition of the church? 
with each person who stood up and said the God I know is not the God found in Christian Christian nationalism or homophobia or purity culture or patriarchy or white supremacy, were they too not part of true revival? Then she said, this is how she ends. I think there's been major revival for a good bit now. And I think it's been led by a lot of those that the church kicked out. What do we think? Is there merit to what Megan Chance had to say? Oh, Aubrey, I think that's, that, a, that's a that's a complicated one. I don't, but I don't see the point of it. Yeah, do you know what I mean? Like, I do, let's actually. go on the backs of these college kids who are not asking you to weigh in on them. Yeah, they're not asking you to, and I don't mean you personally. I, I mean Megan Chance or whoever. Yeah. They're not asking you to decipher whether what's going on there is genuine. They didn't even invite you to come down there. Yeah, they are. And this is why – so she used this as an opportunity to set up a million straw men. You know who none of us think that the that the true church is? The white nationalists. Right. <laughs> like, isn't it? Right. None of us are like, whoa, you're right. This was – like she took every – it felt like every, like, uh, straw man and everything that a lot of us want out of the church yes. and said – and I don't think that I believe there's a lot wrong with the church, but I'm sorry. I don't think the people who are actively leaving the church are starting revival. In correct. The church. Yeah. I don't yeah. believe that at all. Yeah. Uh, so I, I, it bothers me on so many levels because you're like, why? Why? What was what caused her to sit down and go, you know what? I'm going to use the Asbury revival as a chance to tell everybody what we should really be rejecting within the church. I think. Okay. I think what's wild about this, Brian, is she has almost 2,500 people who have liked this. So mm-hmm. this is a this is a popular kind of take, I think, on this. Now, if you if you follow Megan Chance, this is like her go to. So she definitely used this for her own platform right. building moment. But I now she says it's been led by people that the church kicked out. I think that's a little different than those the church left but i those who have left the church i don't think it's fair to say Mm-mm. you started revival no. you know what i mean like no i i i think those critiques are the right critiques of the church wholeheartedly but i think you're exactly right there's there's no christian in the church who's like i shouldn't say there's no christian but there are many of us who we know day to day are not like yes, white supremacy. Yes, yes patriarchy. Yes, if you, yes Christian national. Like the more, and if you majority, already got a problem. Yeah, you have a problem. Yeah. The majority of people that I'm doing life in church with are against Christian nationalism, against white supremacy, against the toxic patriarchy, and it's like there's not. I don't know. I, I think it's a. I, it's an interesting choice. I, I think also this is where words matter. Mm. Revival is different than reformation. Right. She's asking for the church good, of Brian. today to be reformed around these things. Yeah. Revival is a very specific thing mm. that maybe we just don't understand well. But it, you could mm. see, I believe, what's going on down at Asbury as an example of it. So I don't think revival is I'm going to. No, she's calling for reform within the church. And I'm I'm good with that. Absolutely. It, the question becomes who gets to decide on those reforms and how do they take place and all of this stuff. But uh, it, it's two different things. It's apples and oranges, I think. And so it just feels like everybody's talking about revival. And so she said, I'm going to take that word and put it towards everything I think needs to happen within the church. None of the things she said are bad outside of like, I don't. I think we've now romanticized people leaving the church. I don't think that's helpful. But 
yeah, okay, if she wants to suggest and, and call for some reforms, I, I Amen. go for it. But to why even bring the Asbury revival or well, any of these revivals into it? I think it? what m- might be interesting is I think this revival at Asbury could lead to lead what to she's reform. talking about. Yes. Like, and I think probably it should. Like, I think there will be repentance. There will be humility. Those are markers mm-hmm. of uh, true revivals. And so to see justice come out of this, to see the church improve because of this, to see some of these sinful systems in the church be cast down, I I, I guess I, I think a way to pause it is I pray that we see these things come out of this revival and that will be a sign that like, yes, this is true revival when we see the action come from this. I think I would have just liked it phrased like yeah. that yeah. in my own opinion. It's And it's what has been bothersome over the last two weeks. People can't help themselves to just go, hey, I'm cheering this on and I'm cheering that great fruit comes from it and it has nothing to do with me. Right. But the world of social media we live in, people are like, I want to make this about me. Now, thankfully, you and I have pointed out celebrities who have offered to go down there uh, have been turned away. But, like, we just have a way of making things about us, our issues, our whatever, as opposed to going, I don't know what God's up to down there, but I really I'm excited to find out right. and I, let's, let's pray for them and yeah. leave it at that. And let's pray that we experience revival yeah. that leads to good change. That's what we want to see. All right. Well, coming up next, we're going to continue talking about revival. What can we actually expect from it? We'll talk about that when we return. You're listening to The Common Good on AM 1160, Hope for Your Life. This is not the first revival at Asbury. And uh, what this is really talking about is what we can expect after revival, like oh, what actually happened? Mm-hmm. So let's go ahead and take a listen to that. I think he comes to clarify who he is, and that um, that is very confusing, at least at first, because the things that we think we know are getting bumped around. The things we think we're moving toward seem to be less in focus and less important and when he comes we are changed by that and some of the things that we would have thought important are now no longer Mm. at all yeah that's 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 fascinating so almost like a perspective shift that the lord brings through revival in your understanding of revival brian we're going to talk about this a little bit something that scott mcknight shared on his blog what are some of the markers that you're aware of repentance you always hear about repentance yeah uh there is not revival many people tell you apart from confession and repentance that's usually the fuel behind it uh so there's that i think missions Mm -hmm. in terms of like a thirst for not just evangelism like i want to tell people but But like you you will often hear of missionaries and movements coming out of revivals i know that was true at wheaton when Mm -hmm. we were there uh, people going, I'm giving my life to uh, going overseas or to yeah. the, where they maybe had not planned before. I think those are some of the big fruit. And then I just think um, not perfection, but holiness. Mm. There is a yeah. I've repented, I've confessed, and now I'm going to live differently. Like, I yeah. do think I would hope Asbury's campus looks different. Right. And. Other people who've gone there, it, it, there is a there is a long lasting fruit of of what they've experienced. Yeah. Okay. I want to share some things that I think is really interesting. So Scott McKnight 
has uh, somebody over at his blog who has studied, his name is Thomas Lyons, he's from Northern Seminary, has studied revivals throughout history. He answers some questions about revival, but before he does, Scott McKnight, I just want people to understand this, because he's a, a New Testament scholar. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. He, he defines himself specifically as a New Testament scholar, not necessarily a theologian for whatever that, whatever the difference is. But he says, for what it's worth... My initial evaluation is that this is the real deal. None mm. of the hallmarks of manufactured revival are present. And he says, I am not alone in this evaluation. Lawson Stone, an Old Testament professor at Asbury Theological Seminary, recently stated on social move, uh, media, the old saints know, arguably more significant for the evaluation of the revival's authenticity then the opinions of revival scholars are the testimonies mm. of the prior generations who were present at similar moves of God within the community. So basically people who've experienced this are saying, yep, this is what revival sounds like, feels like, is experienced. Really, really. I, I don't know. I That's take good. someone like Scott McKnight seriously. Does ha- so to have him say, hey, these are real marks. I think we live in a very skeptical uh, age. And we? so people are looking for reasons for this to be fake. Yeah. People are looking for reasons for this to be manufactured. Mm. People are looking for the reasons. And I, I guess I get it to a point because that's the culture yeah, that we live right. in. But I just want to be like, I don't know. I know. I've never felt more. It's been a long time since I've just felt like, I don't know, like seems like something's going on. What if and God's doing something? And I'm not sure I've ever felt more of like, and it's not my place. Yeah. Like it's there. The, the, others are experiencing this. Right. And hopefully I get touched by it somewhere along yes. the way. But. Who am I to be like, oh, not right. But yeah, yeah you hear a McKnight or mm-hmm. somebody on the ground there at Asbury mm-hmm. going, listen, this has the markers of the real deal. I don't understand what's going on in somebody's soul that they want to still then call that into question. Yeah, I, I, it certainly is a interesting thing to watch how skeptical a lot of people are being. And I think there's a place for healthy skepticism. But I also say just wait and see, like wait and see sure. and also pray like God, I want to experience this revival in my community, too. I mean, I think I told you, like, I want to be there. Not not because I want to be, like, one of the celebrities who's down there. But, like, I want to experience them. If God is on the move, yeah. I want to be a part of it. And I think most Christians should long for that. And I think I'd have greater skepticism. But even then, I'd still want to believe it to be true. I'd have greater skepticism if it was, like, revival planned for yeah. Wednesday, February. Then yeah. you're like, oh, is this okay. emotionalism? Right. Is this contrived? Right. This caught them off guard. Right, we, they weren't prepared for we this. We did the story earlier of the guy who preached the message that day going, uh, like, I totally whiffed. Mm-hmm. And he literally um, texted his wife, another stinker, be home soon. Yeah. Like, that guy was like, yeah, I could have preached a lot better. And Boom, something happened. So I, I think this has to, you know, hopefully one of the fruits of it is it encourages the faith of people not there. Yeah. And go, Oh, I needed to hear that mm. God is still at work. God is growing his church. God is mm. inspiring the next generation. God is miraculously doing work. And uh, yeah, can I, oh, we even talked about this. Do you want to go ahead? Well, I was just going to say one of the things you just brought up was the, isn't this just hyped up spiritual emotionalism? That's what Thomas Lyons is talking about over at Scott McKnight's uh, blog. And he's answering some questions. You can read them if you want to at scottmcknight.substack.com. But he says, historically, every account of revival reports a wide range of emotive and psychological or physiological responses to the presence of the Holy Spirit within Mm -hmm. an event. 
It should be noted that emotive reactions to the presence of the Holy Spirit are wildly divergent, not only across multiple events within any given revival, but often even within the same event itself. So he's saying, like, there are going to be spiritual, emotional reactions when the presence of God falls down. And that's good and biblically solid. Here's this. All right. Let me tell you this story. Okay, let's hear it. This might be our last revival talk, right? So I heard this the other day. Yeah. It's going around social media. Okay, let's hear it. I'm choosing to believe this to be true. Okay. There was supposedly an interview recently with a lady from some other country. I don't remember which one it was. I think it was an African country. Okay. Whose husband, in a dream, was told to go to this town in Kentucky and pray for revival. Come on. And this was... They had no idea. They sold everything. They came. They've been praying, 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 walking the campus, praying, praying, praying. God told them their time was done. Uh, And they were like, we didn't see anything. And then he was like, they they got the sense it's coming. They moved off to their next one that they were like, I got to go here. God called us to do this here. And then the story goes that they heard from God go back to Kentucky on February 8th. And that's the day the revival started. Come on. I wonder if that's true. You do wonder if it's true. And then you want to go, man, God still works miracles. God still works in in unbelievable ways. So I get healthy skepticism, but man, sometimes I just think as Christians, as just Americans, that we're just, we're so bent on skepticism that we miss the miraculous hand of God. We miss the miracles and we miss the supernatural because of our skepticism. You're exactly right. Well, hey, Brian and I will be back again tomorrow with more wisdom for you from 4 to 6 p.m. For Brian Fromm, I am Aubrey Sampson, and you've been listening to The Common Good on AM 1160. Hope for your life.